0: And oh, yes, good morning. Thank you so very much for staying with us this morning on com. It's Thursday, the 26th of October 2023. The program is on the Lord's side Christian perspectives on news and current events. My name is Olufemi Guntoku. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi G. You can follow Gospel Bells Radio on Twitter at Gospel Radio as many. Regular listeners on the Lord's side would know I'm always fascinated by lists and rankings. And this morning, I'm engaging with this news report. I've seen it on many media platforms in Nigeria. It says Nigeria sleeps by two points. I'm taking this from premiumtimesng.com. It says Nigeria sleeps by two points, ranks 120th out of 142 countries on the rule of law. On the rule of law so from time to time you have different organizations uh, different uh, non-governmental organizations or entities conducting rankings and I love rankings I love rankings because well it rankings give an opportunity for discussions it gives opportunities uh, for evaluation for reflection uh, I do know that there are there are concerns about rankings in some in some cases where uh, where the The evaluation is skewed, but let's leave that aside for for a while. There are some rankings that uh, when you see the position of an entity in which you are interested, you are either surprised or you are gladdened or it merely just uh, confirms what you already know. Now, if on the rule of law, you... Uh, hearing this morning that Nigeria now ranks 120th out of 142 countries on the rule of law, meaning that on a scale, on the scale of, on a scale which determines which country adheres to the principles of the rule of law, uh, where do you think Nigeria will rank? Out of one forty-two countries, if we were to try to determine which of the one forty-two countries adheres more to the to the rule of law or adheres fully to the principles of the rule of law, where do you think Nigeria will rank? Well, this this report says Nigeria ranks one hundred and twentieth out of one forty-two. I mean, look at that one would mean uh, in the in the bottom part bottom part of that list for many people who are not let's see, what is the rule of law uh, many times we hear uh, references to the rule of law over and over again rule of law the rule of law the rule of law what does it really mean what does it really mean that, that there is a famous jurist uh, a famous political writer who once said I would rather be ruled by law than by men And I do not know what, what to think about that would you rather be ruled by men or be ruled by law of course the Christian would go Uh, many steps further than that and said no i would rather be ruled ruled by god than by the law of men or by men i would never be ruled by men that is a given for any christian and if you would be ruled by law you want to be ruled by the laws of god i would rather be ruled by god than by men or the laws of men but talking about the secular society in our political environment in our day-to-day lives would you rather be governed by men or be governed by law well received wisdom says this and all that you will you'll will accept it as well it is better to be ruled by law than by men why because this is what the principles of the rule of the rule of law this is what it says it says one if you if it's is governed by laws rather than by men you know what, what we're going to have there? You're going to have certainty and predictability. You will know at every point in time that look, if I did this, this would be the consequence. There will be legal certainty, there'll be predictability, and that is called the rule of law. But if a society was ruled by men, what would happen would be that anytime a person is brought before the law or is brought before the People would decide that there will be no room for certainty or predictability. The outcome would be according to the whims and caprices of those in authority. We do not, you do not want that. You don't want to, you want to live in a society where you are unable to predict what will be the outcome of your actions. That would be an unfair society where the outcome would always be determined by you know, the side of the bed on which the judge woke up from or the president woke up from. So if you found the president in a good mood, then uh, perhaps you would get a lenient sentence, but otherwise you'd be severely punished. That is not the kind of stuff you want to live in. The rule of law says there should be legal certainty, there should be predictability. The rule of law says there should be equality before the law so that whatever happens to me, Whatever happens to me, whatever measure, whatever standard is applied to me would be the same standard applied to, say, uh, the children of the president or any other person or any politician. There should be legal certainty. There should be predictability. There should be equality before the law. There should not be discrimination. There should be accountability and transparency. That's the rule of law. The rule of law says we should know how the law works. We should know how the court system works. We should know how the laws are made. We should know how the laws are amended. We should know how judges work. There should be accountability, there should be transparency, there should be protection of human rights. The rule of law says there should be certain basic rights that we all agree. Although we have delegated the powers to making laws to this body, to these people who are called legislators, we have delegated powers to them, although we are giving powers to the president to administer certain things, although we are giving authority to the court to, uh, to adjudicate on matters, but... There are certain rights that neither the legislature, nor the executive, nor the judiciary is empowered to trample on. And then we call it the Bill of Rights. And we have it enshrined in the Constitution. That is part of the rule of law. The rule of law also says there should be separation of powers. Nobody should have all the powers in a state. That is the rule of law. We do not want an emperor who has the power of life and death. Because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So there should be a system of checks and balances. Then there should be an impartial and independent judiciary. There should be access to justice. There should be legal remedies when there are wrongs. All these, all these principles come together under the doctrine of the rule of law. There should be legal certainty. We should know what the law says. It should be predictable what the outcomes will be. There should be equality before the law. There should be accountability and transparency. Say there should be the protection of human rights, there should be separation of powers, nobody should have absolute powers, there should be an impartial and independent judiciary, there should be access to justice, and there must be legal remedies when there are wrongs in the society. These are the principles under the doctrine of the rule of law. Now that we have said all this, and now let's do a ranking in the world out of 142 countries, where do you think Nigeria will be on the ranking? for adherence to the rule of law. where I'm going to take this report now from Premium Times NG. It says Nigeria is ranked 120th out of the 142 countries in terms of adherence to the rule of law according to the latest Global Rule of Law Index released by the World Justice Project. So uh, let me uh, let me pause and ask the question, are you surprised by that? Are you surprised that Nigeria is ranked 120th out of of 142 countries. Well, I want to read to you this. I want to quickly read to you what uh, somebody wrote on on Twitter in response to that. And of course, you may say that this is just some... uh, I mean, on Twitter, you have uh, many responses that are just designed to... Uh, to to make for for a good laugh or just to uh to to make for banters. but sometimes that's not just what you have this is what a, this is what this person wrote this person going by a username called T God he said a country okay no no I'll I'll, I'll come back to this this person this person wrote saying oh we tried you think investors don't notice this that's not the exact one I'm looking for for I can't get it right now But you find that the uh, the consensus of many people commenting on this is that oh we should be ranked like one forty 140 or one forty two out of uh, one forty out of one forty two. Okay, yeah. I, I get it now. This, this person wrote saying, a country where elections are won by snatch it, grab it, and run with it, where people are detained for months without access to their family or friends or lawyers, it's a miracle that we aren't 140 out of 142. Well, the report says we are 120 out of 142. Many Nigerians are saying it's a miracle that we are not 140 out of 142, or we are not even 142. I mean, that should say, as an aside... Before we go into the real deliberations this morning, you should tell us that there are even worse countries. That's no excuse for where we are. That's no excuse for where Nigeria is. But it is also uh, revealing and should be a cause of sober reflection that there are some countries that are even worse off, that are worse off. I mean, it is difficult to imagine a country worse off than Nigeria in terms of the rule of law, but that is where we are According to Premium Times Energy, it says the 2023 index released on Wednesday in Washington, D.C., United States also showed that out of the 34 countries ranked in the sub-Saharan region, Nigeria is rated 23rd. In the sub-Saharan region, so out of thirty-four in the sub-Saharan region, Nigeria is twenty-third out of thirty-four. Uh, in the global in- index, we are rated, we are ranked rather one twentieth out of of one forty-two countries. A poor report by any standards. Poor, 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 poor report. But not surprising. Because anyone with any modicum of intellectual honesty would affirm this report and would wonder why Nigeria is not even uh, ranked lower on this on this list. I started, I started by, uh, by enumerating the principles, comprised in the doctrines of the rule of law. What could be wrong? What could be wrong in wanting a legal system where there is legal certainty and predictability, where there is equality before the law, where there's accountability, where there is protection of human rights, whether it is separation of powers, whether it's an impartial and independent judiciary, whether it's access to justice, whether it's legal remedies and enforcement. And, and, and what are you going to find? Look at all these principles comprised in the doctrine of the rule of law. You find that they are godly principles. There are godly principles. I mean, you look at the book of Exodus, you look at the book of of Leviticus, you look at the book of of Numbers, and of course Deuteronomy. The what do you find? You find the Lord, the Lord giving the laws to His people and saying, if a person does this, this should be the outcome. This should be the consequence. Why did the law? Why did the Lord give those laws to His people? Why did He give those laws to his people so that there will be certainty? It is God's sense of justice. God's sense of justice is that a person ought to know before committing an offense what the consequence would be. It's a principle of justice. Equality before the law, accountability and transparency, protection of human rights, separation of powers, an impartial and independent judiciary, access to justice. These are all biblical and godly and godly principles and they are just so important and nobody must trample on them what we have going on in Nigeria actually uh, i'm going to i'm going to divide just a little bit by uh, looking at another story now we are reading that the DSS has confirmed the release of the former EFCC boss now the problem with Nigeria most times is that people many of us we let our emotions uh, take the better are part of us that our emotions dictate for us the things uh, the the positions that we take on on different matters now I do not know what your opinion is about the former uh, the former, chairman of the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission. Uh, Perhaps uh, you do not like him. Perhaps you don't even know him and you don't care for him at all. For some people, it may just be that uh, just the general assumption that anybody who has been in in power in Nigeria uh, must have corrupted himself. Therefore, I do not care about whatever happens to him. But you must care about what happens to people, even if that person is your worst enemy. I always say this and and this is basic wisdom. It is exomatic. If you don't care, about what happens to your enemy um, under a legal system if you do not care that your enemy has been dealt with unfairly in the legal system, nobody will care for you if that legal system Turns around to deal with you unfairly. It is just the. It is just a, it, it, it is. It is exomatic that if we don't speak out about injustice to anyone, nobody will speak out when there is an injustice to us as well. For for Christians, it is not to say that that is the reason for speaking out against injustice. The reason for speaking out against injustice is because it pleases. It displeases God but then it is it is basic wisdom uh, that if there's a culture of not speaking out when uh, one person's right Right has been breached, then that culture will also work against those who failed to speak out. Now, this report says the Department of State Services on Thursday confirmed the release of the ex-Economic and Financial Crimes Commission Abdul Rashid Bauer. The point reports that Bauer, who was arrested and detained by the DSS, listen to this, who was arrested and detained by the DSS on June 14, 2023. Following an invite over undisclosed reasons after he visited President bolatinubu earlier on the same day, was freed on Wednesday night. So June 14, July 14, August 14, September 14, October 14, with some days. So he was in detention for four months and days. Four months and days. And he was not charged to court. It was not charged to court. Whereas our constitution, our constitution clearly provides that no one should be held longer, longer than forty-eight hours without being charged to court. There is nothing in the public space suggesting that he was charged to court. There is nothing in the public space suggesting that the DSS got any judicial uh, order to keep him beyond the forty-eight hours. That is the that is country we live in, and that's why it's not surprising. Uh, it's not surprising that uh, many people are uh, of the opinion in reacting to this story uh, that Nigeria ought to rank even lower than one twenty out of. 40. Somebody wrote saying, we even try. We even try. Another person wrote saying, these are the statistics that should worry us. It may seem deserving, but people are still being detained for long periods by law enforcement in Nigeria. despite court orders. Rather than hold government on these issues, we are chasing phantom mandates and imaginary certificates. Well, uh, this is somebody politicizing the matter. Another person wrote saying, the Nigeria Supreme Court will tomorrow bury its constitution by legalizing forgery okay and okay i mean once you read from the public space can have a lot of politicizing of all this but the consensus as i mentioned earlier on is that almost everyone agrees that that is exactly where when nigeria should be that nigeria should not be ranked higher on that scale, from Christian perspectives, why is it important? Why is it important for us to be interested in the rule of law? We should be interested in the rule of law because there is a divine ordination of authority. Romans 13.1 is the usual authority for Christians uh, to be subject to civil authorities. Romans 13.1, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. These affirms that God ordains od- authority structures for the well-being of the society, and that's why Christians must care about the about the rule of law. Of course, I, I do not ever discuss Romans thirteen one without uh, without more, without calling attention to the to the to the truth that Christians are not required by God or by any biblical uh, passage to obey unjust or ungodly laws. Ungodly laws, uh, Peter uh, made that point very clearly in the book of Acts when he said we would rather obey God than men. If the law of men should deviate or contradict the law of God, we are called, it's our duty, our godly duty not to obey such law. But other laws, we are subject to governing authorities, And more more importantly, the rule of law exists to protect the vulnerable and God cares. God cares. God cares. One could repeat that a thousand times. God cares about the vulnerable in the society, the poor, the disadvantaged. God cares about them. He cares so passionately about them that the Lord would punish anyone who Would this unfairly with the vulnerable? Proverbs 13, 30, Proverbs 31 8 to 9. It implies us to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, to speak up for the rights of all who are destitute, to speak up and judge fairly, to defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And the rule of law does just that by providing for predictability, for certainty, for equality before the law, for an independent and impartial judiciary. And providing access to justice, those are the things that would protect the vulnerable. But if a person was arrested and put in detention and had no access to the court, or if that person should go to the court, but the court would side with the government or with the police authorities, that is not that that provides no protection for the, for, for, for the vulnerable. And equality before the law is important as well. Equality before the law is important to God. Absolutely important to God. And of course, accountability and righteous righteous governance is important to God. And that is why we must care about these things. Why are we bringing this up? If there is anyone among us on the Lord's side who finds himself in a position, uh, whether at government level or at some other levels, to administer the law or to uphold justice, let that person be reminded that the rule of law is important to God as it is important to the constitutional order in any society. Uh, this should be another occasion for Nigeria to not only bury our head in shame, all of us to bury our head in shame, and to but it should be an occasion for us to really again reflect and know that our work is cut out for us and that we are far, far from where we should be Constitutionally speaking, far from where we should be. Socially speaking, and far from where we should be according to God's desire for God desires for our lives. We are far from where we, we should be. God wants us. Wants every nation, every people to be those who, number one, legislate good laws, who legislate godly laws, and who also live by those laws that two components the laws must be morally sound the laws must be godly and then there should be the rule of law not the rule of men nobody wants to be ruled by men and i do pray that the day will not come when this nation will be ruled by men some will say well are we not there yet and that are we not yet there and I tell you, it's difficult to argue with, with that position. If someone says, that we not there where we are ruled by men? What does it mean to be ruled by men? It means that the will and the desire of a single person or a group of people is what will hold in every instance where they're interested. If you live in a country where... if If you live in a country where... When the president is interested in a matter, it is the president' will that we hold. Then you are ruled by, by a man and not by law. But if you live in a country where even if the president was interested in a matter, it would not matter because the court would be led by the law, by the provisions of the law. Then that is a country that is ruled by law, all oh, that we in this country, and wherever you are listening from this morning, all oh, that the Lord will bring about the reign, the reign of his laws in our land. But hey, we should be cautioned again. This is under ranking where we are ranked so lowly, and it is no surprise at all. And next, we want to engage with this story. You must have read it on the news uh, since yesterday. It says, court removes Afolabi Olaoye as Shonwu of Obumosho, orders fresh selection process. And you know why we are interested in this story? It is because this, uh, this, well, should we call him a monarch now? Now that he has been removed. Well, this uh, gentleman who. Was crowned as the of Obumasho, that is the paramount ruler of Obumasho, a town in southwest Nigeria, was serving as a pastor in the redeemed church of God uh, before he was selected as Shomofumasho and thereafter crowned. Of course, since the announcement of his interest in this tool and his subsequent selection and crowning—many uh, Christians have had so much to say about about him, and of course about whether it is befitting for pastors, for those who have signified that they have been called to the to the office of a pastor, to thereafter uh, also be interested in occupying stools such as that of the paramount ruler of 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 a town in, in Africa. And the reason why it is complicated, much more complicated than what you would think about, uh, about in Europe, for example, is that in many of these towns and associated with many of these tools is the practice of idolatry uh, nobody should be out there disputing that. Many people have said that in the past there have been Christians who occupied these stools uh, who did not practice idolatry. Some, are, some have scolded uh, that assertion and saying that it's not, it's not possible to live like that. Well, I do not know for a fact, but we all do know. We all do know that there are fetish practices, idolatry associated with uh, almost all the. Uh, all the stools of kings in many parts of Africa. At least we can speak about Southwest and Nigeria. But I I think so much has been said about that. Some people have held a contrary view. They have said that, well, uh, it is important for Christians to go there since the power of God trumps any other power and they can go there and put a stop to some of these practices. Well, the answer is out there. out, Out there in the... Uh, floating in the air. I do not know what side you take. But now we are reading that uh, this man has now been removed by a court and a fresh selection process has been ordered. According to this report which we are monitoring on premiumtimesng.com it says... An just High Court sitting in Obumashon Wednesday nullified the selection and installation of Obafola Olaoye as the new Chief of Obumashon. The presiding judge, Justice K.A. Adedokun, nullified the selection and installation while ruling on an ex motion filed by Kabir Olaoye, one of the contenders to The News News of Nigeria reports that Mr. Olaoye, a pastor and international businessman, was selected a few weeks ago by the Kingmakers as the new Shungu of Obumosho. His selection was then approved by the United States Governor, on 2nd of September, and it was installed by the Kingmakers on 8th September. This tool had become vacant after the demise of obajimo Oyewumi the third in December 2021 at the age of 95, after he reigned for 48 years. However, Kabir is sued, saying Afolabi was not eligible for the position of Shomua for Gumashore, Justice Ali in his ruling went on to restrain Governor Bankole Makinde, the attorney general and the commissioner for local government and chief testing matters in a state. He said, quote, either by themselves, agents or officials, they are restrained from presenting any instrument of office in any form of ceremony or issuance of certificate of installation to Afolabi pending the hearing and final determination of the mandatory injunction already filed before the court. Uh, the petitioner had contended that the selection of Afolabi law did not follow due process and it did not comply with the Bombo Shore Chief tensi Declaration. Now, this is just a preliminary matter. This is an order given in pursuance of, of an expert application. An expert application is an application made to court by only one party. Uh, a basic tenet of fair hearing is that both parties must be heard. So, the court is not going to make a determination. The court is not going to make a final determination until uh, the other party has been heard, and I and I suspect here that the other party on the other side would be the governor for your state would be the attorney general for your state would be uh, perhaps the council of chiefs too, or the council of kingmakers in in Ubumosho, and of course uh, the Obalaye himself who has uh, all of them must have their day in court and for things might probably change after they have had their day in court but a, but the long and short is that this order Although temporary in nature, it's a reminder. It's a reminder that earthly tools are just are just that. They are just that. Earthly and temporal. They are atlee and, and temporal. They are uh, they, they are just they are just that. They are not only temporal. They are also temporary. If I may use that, meaning that they are not permanent. Uh, they come and they go. Somebody was on that stool before. Uh, the Ajagumirey uh, who was there for for almost forty eight years. But he did die and somewhat, and now we're having an, uh, the attempt to have another person installed on that throne. Uh, but beyond that, it's also a reminder that well, kings in this part of the world can be removed by judges and by governors as well. Uh, you want to ask the former enemy of Kano who was removed by a governor and the many kings also in southwest Nigeria have been removed by governors. And that is why uh, many people are now also going back to those same issues that cropped up when this man was first appointed, the man was serving as a pastor and saying, well, uh, why would anyone leave such an exalted office of a pastor uh, to become a king and become subject to to vagaries such as this, uh, possible removal by a governor, possible removal by... Uh, by by a court, but then it depends on where you stand on these matters. But I think it gives an occasion when you hear of a king being deposed, when you hear of a king being removed by the court, you should uh, think of that word and and remember and be reminded of how when we call the Lord the King, we are talking about a king who stands in a different in a different who stands on a different pedestal altogether Uh, when the king in Daniel 6 came to know uh, Daniel 7 rather uh, came to know about the power of the Lord God Almighty the God served by Daniel he said for he is the living God and steadfast forever his kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end his kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end and at the end of the day you're asking yourself look uh what will the man give in exchange for his soul what what there's nothing in this world what giving one's like once what worth, what's worth giving one's soul for i'm not suggesting in any way uh that this man the show was formerly a pastor has compromised his faith i'm not suggesting that i'm not suggesting that he has abandoned the faith for the stool I'm not suggesting that we do pray that it's not the case. Uh, God detests those who double into idolatry. There is no excuse before God whatsoever for doubling into idolatry. Uh, God has said he's a jealous God. He's a jealous God and no, those who serve him must have no other god uh, besides him. We should continue to pray for him in the hope that he has not doubled into adultery. That he will continue to have the strength not to do so, not to do so. But this is a reminder again that nothing, absolutely nothing, no office in this world is worth selling one soul for no office in this world is worth compromising one's faith for uh, this is an, this is an office uh, that could uh, that this is a uh, stall uh, from which it could be removed at any time by the governor or by court I mean, that, that's something that we should be reminded of even as we emphasize that this is only a temporary order and most likely at uh, the The order from the court might change after all the parties to the case have been heard. But it it is a reminder still, it's a reminder still uh, that the office of a king. Under the Constitution of Nigeria, is one that is subject to uh, to a court ruling and subject even exists. Most I mean, at the end of the day, at the whims and caprice of the governor, because a governor could cook up any reason and say that he has found it right and necessary to remove that uh, to remove the occupant of his st- of a stool like that. So we continue to pray for him and for the other Christians who are occupying traditional stools in Nigeria that they they will receive the grace to actually be the ambassadors to be Christ ambassadors in their different in in their different areas. Next, I want to go to, to this interesting interesting I came across on Twitter now that there is an account on Twitter that I follow, and that account is called Historic Vids. And well, I have nothing to say about this story except just to read it out, and to ask you to well, just reflect on it, reflect on it, and to just wonder at how amazing God is. Now, this is a story of twins who were separated at birth and then reunited at age 39. Think about that. A set of twins separated at birth and then reunited at 39. Now, what's the fascinating thing about their story? They are called the Jim Twins. Now, separated at birth and reunited at 39, the Jim Twins discovered strikingly parallel lives. I want to say this before I continue to read it. Uh, this is what we're talking about. Uh, these, of course, twins, born together the same day of the same mother, but then they were separated right at birth. Now, when they were reunited after 39 years, that's almost 40. When they were reunited after 39 years, what was discovered when they were reunited after 39 years? Of course, they must have lived their, they must have been living their different lives. But what was discovered? It was discovered that they had both married and divorced women named Linda. They were presently married to women named Betty. They had sons named James Allen. They owned dogs named Toy. They drove identical cars. They worked in security and they frequented the same Florida beach for vacations. Isn't that that fascinating? Twins separated at birth. Reunited at 39. And upon being reunited, what was discovered that each of them had married and divorced a woman named Linda. Each of them was presently married, was married to a woman named Betty. Each of them had a son named James Allen. Each of them owned a dog named Toy. Each of them drove a, a particular brand of car each of them worked in the in the security industry and each of them frequented a florida beach for vacations i mean what do you make of that what do you make of that what do you make of that? Does uh, th- th- that suggest that twins uh, they not only look alike but also think alike, or they just have the same uh, the same uh, motivations? I'm looking at the picture here on Twitter, and they are not really identical twins. Uh, you, you find some uh, some similarities in their height, for example, shape of their of the head and the face, but they have different uh, type of hair. But amazing! I mean, this is really amazing. I do not know what to make of it, and just to uh, just to reflect uh, that God does things from time to time, just to make us wonder, just to make us wonder, and and that is the glory of God that uh, from time to time He does wonderful things that will just make us wonder, things we cannot even wrap our head, uh, we cannot even wrap our head around. How could it have been that, having been separated at birth, it it just happened that both of them, married and divorced women named Linda, both of them. At the time of their, re- at the time of being reunited, were married to women named Betty. Both of them had sons named James Allen. Both of them owned the owned dogs named Toy. Both of them drove ident- identical cars. Both of them worked in the same industry. Both of them frequented the same Florida beach. How could how, how could they have been? What 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 would you say uh, was responsible for that? Well, well, many things are done just to make us. Uh, the gods creatures to wonder to wonder and say hmm god works indeed in mysterious ways uh next i want to also to, i wanted to listen to this speech given by an 11 year old this 11 year old was invited by his uncle to be the best man at that uncle's wedding and i wanted to listen to what this young man said 11 year old and and let's and let's see what what we can make out of it i would like to thank you all for coming to this wedding <laughs> i would also like to thank uh, bill and mary for hosting this wedding uh, special thanks for Bill to, for inviting me to be his best man so much no but i'm going to read it out uh, me and bill we go back a long time <laughs> Just one final thought. Stop asking me for advice. i years old. Congratulations. I would like to. Well, I, I must confess that's one of the best uh, wedding reception reception speech ever. But uh, I, I mean. That was such a noisy uh, noisy production and I'm sure that uh, you, did re- really, you, really, uh, you did not really you uh, did not really get the gist of it this is what this young boy said basically he said that well uh, he's glad that his uncle invited him to be the best man uh, that well he has known his uncle all his life just 11 you know 11 years old all of his life all of his uh, 11 years on earth and that when they were living in Iowa it is a state in the United States uh, that the uncle Would come to visit, would come visiting with one girlfriend, uh, and then he would say. Uh, that the uncle would ask him for advice. What do you think I should do with this, uh, with this girlfriend? And he would tell the uncle, just, just kick her out, just kick her out. And that, that continued a long time. The uncle would visit with one girlfriend, one after another. And he would say, and the uncle would say to him, give me an, uh, just, just advise me. And he would say to the uncle, just kick her out. And then he said that eventually the uncle came uh, with the bride, that the person to whom the uncle uh, had become married at this point and that he also said to him, give me an advice. And he said, look, just keep her a keeper and uh in in the closing speech the boy said uh, i have this final advice to you i want to leave you with this final thought stop asking me for advice stop asking me for advice i'm only 11 years old and on that note he ended that speech and i do not know what to make of that you may say that well well he gave him good advice all the while why why is he saying stop asking me for advice and i think this has uh a message for the secular culture today. We live in a culture today where our parents are told to listen to their children, where parents are told to let their children do what the children want to do, to uh, to ask children for what they want to do. Now there is a sense in which it is it is it is prudent, it is wise to listen to children. I mean, you want to listen to them to know what they really feel, uh, to know uh, what concerns they have. And if it, if it's in terms of their health, you know what is wrong with them. That's another thing entirely. But in the sense of saying, when a child says, "I want to be a, a woman," for example, when a a boy says, "I want to be a girl," uh, the secular culture tells us to they listen to them and do what they will, will do what they ask for. That is not only foolish. It is ungodly. It is strong. It is the other way around. The Lord wants parents to teach children in the way they should go. Not the other way around. It is the Lord does not say, oh, listen to your children and let them do what they want to do. Stop asking me for advice. That boy said to his uncle, I'm only 11 years old. And that's what the... Uh, the camp of God, the camp of Christ, should be saying to the secular world today stop asking children for advice, stop asking for children for direction. You show them the way. You show them the way. Thank you so very much for joining us today for another episode of On the Lord's Side Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. By the grace of God, I look forward to joining you again. For another episode tomorrow. Whatever you do today and every day, please remain firmly on the Lord's side. The Christian Internet Radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.